The Wonderful World of Dark Lords Report 11 Radiator Springs As I approached the town of Radiator Springs, the mists first became a layer of noxious exhaust, then faded away to reveal what seemed, at first, to be a normal town. The Cozy Cone Inn appeared to be a welcoming oasis in the surrounding harshness of the desert, and it looked like Sarge's surplus hut would give me the chance to resupply for my journey. I saw what seemed from a distance to be odd metal carriages moving from one location to another, but thought little of it. To my horror, as I drew closer, I saw the true nature of these metal carriages. They were some nightmarish construct, with staring glass eyes, babbling iron mouths, and acrid-smelling black wheels in place of limbs. I soon learned, however, that while the appearance of Radiator Springs denizens was terrifying, my most dreadful discovery was yet to come. Welcome to Wonderful World of Dark Lords. I'm Tom. I'm Rachel. And we're discussing how to convert Disney movies to Ravenloft domains of dread because we've already got all the cars from cars to use as cars in cars. Along the way, we'll look at the Dark Lord, the domain itself, and some plot hooks and adaptation ideas to integrate the setting into your own campaign. Today's episode, Cars. So with this one, we have a son who went through a big Cars phase. Well, we have a son who went through a big Cars the movie phase and a son who went through a big Cars the, the abstract vehicle, concept yeah. of the vehicle phase. And so when we were thinking about this podcast that like we instantly knew, like, this is one of those classic gothic horror settings. Like, we thought of Lion King, right. Peter Pan, Princess, Princess and the Frog, Frog and Cars. And it's not just that it's that classic gothic horror movie, it also has that fantastic Byronic Ravenloft villain, Homeeter. Really one of the iconic villains. I mean, like, Disney's built an entire merchandising empire. He's on the cover of Disney villainous colon mayor expansion. So this was tricky. We knew we wanted to do this, but this was <laughs> really tricky because they're cars. And so we got a couple of options here. We've got, do you do the sort of Kingdom Hearts that the PCs find themselves transformed into metal vehicles? When they arrive in Radiator Springs, some real potential for body horror. Yeah, there, really. That, we, we were I, I thought we, we toyed that around for a long time, mm -hmm. and we decided it would be better to have it be that the PCs don't have any kind of transformation. Also, we've never done that before. Mm -hmm. Is it really a thing we ever seen any Ravenloft doing? That would be a real big shift for the PCs. So. We actually realized that what we thought of as a, a problem, as a challenge, was actually a huge benefit. Because, little spoiler for the genres of horror here, that really allows immediate reality horror. Mm -hmm. That they come out of the mist, and they come into this place where biological organisms don't exist. Even the insects are these like, automatons, like going to mechanists. Which, we're, we'll mention that again, put, put a pin in that. And... The people are these just wheeled machines with big faces who've never seen a person before. So this immediate experience of being plunged into this bizarre nightmare world. I mean, the horror design on the cars is just fantastic. I, didn't they get H.R. Geiger? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Also, then you have this bucktooth hayseed who meets you and declares you his best friend and won't leave you alone. So we've got this really strong immediate hook put the PCs in the position of Lightning McQueen, only everything's a living nightmare. 
So there's a lot to dig into here. Mm -hmm. And we want to start with a real deep dive into, as you said, one of the iconic Disney villains of the 2000s, Ask Any Parent, and the most horrific nightmare of this world of mechanical automaton parodies of life that the PCs will come into, Tomater. The section we call The Lord. The Lord. Radiator Springs does not seem to have any sort of formal government, just a sheriff, a few local celebrities, and a motley collection of business owners. One would expect the sheriff, whom I do not believe to be a hag, to be in charge. However, after only a few short hours in Radiator Springs, it was impossible not to notice how everyone bowed and scraped to the local rustic, Toe Mater, whom I do not believe to be a hag. Despite Mater's abrasive personality and irritating mannerisms, the citizens fawn over him, accepting his most boorish behaviors with indulgent chuckles. At first, I thought this was some quirk of constructs. Who knows what they might find endearing? However, after a few moments of speaking to Mater's best friend, Lightning McQueen, whom I do not believe to be a hag, I realized how wrong I was. Behind McQueen's jovial manner and warm laughter, I sensed a lurking terror. When Mater described adventures that the two of them had enjoyed together, and McQueen dared to contradict him, Mater was able to rewrite his memories with a word, suggesting that a terrible spell forces the constructs to accept and believe his tall tales. So, you know who Mater is because that's inescapable in this world we live in, especially if you're a parent. But let's make sure you understand what a Dark Lord is. So, Rachel, what is a Dark Lord? A Dark Lord is an evil being that the Dark Powers look at and say, well, hello, new friend, and they put them into a domain that is a special hell tailor-made just for them. Just like what happened to Lady McQueen, it's so perfect! Oh my, you're, you know, you're right, like, because we were thinking Mater is the Dark Lord so much, I didn't even think about how Lightning McQueen is basically plunged into the right, mist. Right, yeah. Mm, there, there are so many levels yeah, though, well, well, Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Right. Getting ahead of ourselves. But, so there are some... Amazing Dark Lords. There are some not-so-amazing Dark Lords. We have four qualities for what makes a great Dark Lord. And we are going to be looking at them as they apply to that most iconic of Dark Lords, Uruk von Karkov, because we're going to show how these four traits apply to him. And if they apply to him and also apply to Mater, then we know we've got ourselves a good Dark Lord. Right, right, right. So Uruk von Karkov, as we all know, is the Dark Lord of Valachan before Chikuna. We're mostly going to be looking at him as he was in second and third edition and the classic adventure, Curse of Uruk. So first for our great Dark Lords, we have their act of ultimate darkness, the horrible evil thing that they did to get the Dark Power's attention that got them made a Dark Lord in the first place. In Uruk von Karkov's case, he was in the Karga. Right. And presumably did some really bad things in the Karga. Which are like sort of the secret police of Darkon. Yeah, the secret police of Darkon. He, he presumably did some bad things I there. I mean, you usually would. I mean, and I guess they were worse than anything that other Kargot agents did because none of them are Dark Lords. We can conclude that from the data. And also there was an evil wizard who completely made his life a living nightmare and he thought about getting revenge on that wizard. Mm. So that's, that's unforgivable right there. The second element is that they have the torment, or since this is a Disney podcast, they got what they wanted, they lost what they had. In Uruk von Karkov's case, he was a panther who got turned into a human by this evil wizard mm -hmm. because the evil wizard had been, a, a woman had turned him down. And mm -hmm. so the evil wizard said, well, if I sent her this wonderful boyfriend 
and she and her wonderful boyfriend get amorous, and then he turns back into a panther and rips her to shreds, then that'll show her by cracking. That'll show her. And then he turned the panther back into a person, and then said person decided to go get revenge on the evil wizard by becoming a vampire and joining the car god and never did get revenge on the wizard and then became a dark lord. And he got what he wanted, which was to be like this powerful vampire, but lost what he had, which was actually getting revenge on the wizard or doing anything to establish agency in his own storyline. That old gothic chestnut. Yes. And then the element of tragedy and relatability... Who among us has not turned into a panther on our wedding night and torn our beloved limb from limb? Metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> I do. And then finally, our last element of a good Dark Lord is that the domain reflects the Dark Lord and their curse. Panthers live in the jungle. They do. And Valachan is a jungle. It is. So really, I mean, what more could you ask for? Is there a better reflection of the Dark Lord in the domain? I, I doubt it. No. So that's how our most classic Ur-Dark Lord right, yeah. meets The template, more. the mold yes. that the others are all poured from. So, Tom, why don't you tell us about how Mater meets these qualities? Right. Mater is basically a were-panther, but he has wheels and a hook and is not a panther. Otherwise, exactly the same. So first we have our act of ultimate darkness, and this is where we're kind of also getting our AU. So we mm -hmm. have cars, it's cars, it's happening, we have cars one, and then we have cars two. The true horror classic of the Pixar canon. The living nightmare that they have bestowed upon the parents of the world. Which is playing off their series of classic horror shorts, Mater's Tall Tales. Right, yes. That's really the evolutionary link to get from Cars to Cars 2. I know a lot of fans who just do the main movies may have ignored that. I really recommend looking at those if you want to see how we got from there to there. We're going to be kind of annoying with our citations yeah, of Mater's Tall Tales here. It's it's like with, you know, the Book of Peter Pan right, right, or exactly. Bisman's Guide to Dragons. Just, it cannot understand the Cars franchise, or indeed Pixar in general, without really getting into Mater's Tall Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry about that. We don't like to give you homework. We try not to, but it really is essential for doing justice to this text. So, the Act of All the Darkness, we have Lightning McQueen comes back. He spends the whole day with Mater, mm -hmm. and they do fun shenanigans, and then he says, Mater, I just want to have a date with my wife, my girlfriend. I just whatever she is at this point. Yeah, whatever she is at this point. And Mater says, okay, but then Mater pretends to be the waiter and ruins his date and his summer and indeed his whole life. And the narcissistic annoyance of pretending to be a waiter and ruining Lightning's date, that is when the mist comes around Radiator Springs, bringing them into then the rest of Cars 2. Because mm -hmm. it is this perfect horror classic, we're just putting a little bit of Ravenloft metaphysics. Yeah, because the thing with Cars 2, it's so smart, and I... They didn't fully market it as a reality horror. Right, right. probably where some of the dissonance came in. But it's... You see that Mater wants to be the center of the universe. Right. And then through his act of will, he sort of shapes the universe right. around him so that it happens. I mean, honestly, this is a Ravenloft podcast. I kind of wish it were a Mage the Ascension podcast yeah, because yeah. Mater is a marauder. That's just, that is I mean, what's happening here. We're, we're all familiar with the fan theory that Mater is so psychologically shattered that Lightning wants one night alone without him. That the rest of the movie is just his psychotic episode, where, as Rachel said, he becomes the most important thing in the universe. Mm -hmm. He becomes the center of the universe, and 
everyone talks about how important he is, and everyone talks about how great he is, and he never does anything like meaningful or good, or he has any personal growth, but everyone just congratulates him, and Lightning's so sorry for me, and really... Right, we all like, know no, the no matter no matter how much he deserves getting kicked off Lightning's paper, right. Lightning is so weepingly apologetic. What because you know, this is just this is all happening in his right. mind. So what we're just doing is taking that pretty pretty well known fan theory and literalizing it mm -hmm. and just having it be like, yes, it is kind of his psychotic episode dream world versus center of the universe, but in the literal way, in that he is a dark lord in a Ravenloft domain of living cars. Mater's Tall Tales is that transitional thing because it is it is pre-Cars 2, but it gives us that sense of this intense, reality-bending narcissism. <gasps> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I just realized. Oh, yeah. Okay, but well, so he's got the he's got this reality-bending. Right. He's forcing Lightning McQueen to go through. Yes. To, to pulled into his insanity. But he's a machine. Is oh. the reason that they're cars? The reason they're machines is this is actually a film adaptation of I Have my, No Mouth and I'm a Scream. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it is. That's really interesting. I need to Google that later, see if that was a deliberate deliberate reference. He's forcing McQueen to be worshipping him. He's making himself this this god in, uh -huh. in the, the Cars universe. And it's... Oh, I, I really hope Harlan Ellison saw some of the money from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we get the Torment. And they got what we call, as Rachel said, they got what they wanted, they lost what they had. And of course he gets what he wants. As we said, the literally the entire universe is centered around him. Everyone pays attention to him all the time. He's the most important car in the world. And he solves all the problems and he fixes everything. And everyone that was me hurt his feelings, apologizes weepingly. And that's what he wants. But it's in this world of delusion. On some level, I think, mm -hmm. he knows he is still just the worst. And everyone hates him. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's sort of being forced to like him and pretend that he's not just the worst, worst thing in the world. It's just you can see them. Like, he looks at them and he can see the loathing just behind their eyes. Right. And the desperation to escape. That that feeling that every parent watching these movies has. Yes. Reflected in the eyes of the cars around him. Right, really. It's so such immersive storytelling. And then the element of tragedy and relatability. And I think it's what makes Mater such a beloved villain. It's why mm -hmm. they've sold so much Mater merchandise that we've all wanted to be the center of attention. We've all had times in our life when we have inserted ourselves in our wacky shenanigans in the social situations, when we've demanded everyone spend time with us and pay attention to us and not allow anything else and just ruin any mm -hmm. other time to do anything else. We've all been needy toddlers. And so we can all feel that resonance of this just needy toddler of a main character who we are watching a movie about. Yeah, it's so smart of them because every one of their viewers who's able to comprehend what's going on in the movie has been three years old. Yes. Just, it's it's genius. Mm -hmm. And one of, oh my God, one of the things that I, I did not pick up on this until we were watching the movies for this podcast, mm -hmm. but it was so smart of them and they never draw attention to it yeah. that Lightning McQueen is a race car mm -hmm. and he is literally driving away and leaving Mater behind. Literally. That Mater literally cannot keep up with him. Yeah. And is just constantly feeling as though he's just staying behind him and being left behind as Lightning McQueen speeds off to try and have any kind of life outside right. of Mater. To just have dinner with his girlfriend. But they never draw attention to what there, a yeah. genius metaphor this race car thing is. It's probably why they made them cars. Mm, that makes sense. And then finally, the main works in the personality of the curse. This is one of the things pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. They're cars. 
everyone in this universe is a car, like Mater. So obviously it is this sort of living manifestation of his being. And beyond that, we get the other deeper reflection, which is this sort of reality-shaping bubble that we have in the Mater Tall Tales in, in these little micro bursts, like we have in Cars 2, that the whole world is centered around his bizarre and nonsensical fantasies. And just, mm-hmm. he comes up with some, the Mater Tall Tales, I'm sorry, we keep coming back to these, but they're such a good illustration. Yeah. He comes up with some fantastical story about being a rock star or a wrestler or meeting a UFO. And he's telling the story, and the story of Lightning McQueen's in it. And Lightning McQueen says, I wasn't in it. I don't remember that at all. And Mater says, you were there. That he's in the story. He's reacting in the memory with surprise. He's, just, he's being forced to participate. You could really run this as being a lot like Sienna. Mm-hmm. Just having him be the mad playwright who's yeah. forcing everyone to, to go through all of his shenanigans. Just... I mean, I mentioned, I mentioned, I have no mouth and I'm a scream, but it also reminds me a lot of Into the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. And that no one exists except as these characters in his story, and they mm-hmm. only exist to facilitate the story and spread the madness of the story to all the people watching it. So that is obviously our four qualities. I think we've established pretty clearly Mater deserves to be up there with the iconic Dark Lords. So let's talk about being a Dark Lord, those special powers and dominions he has, his special abilities as a Dark Lord. So this was tricky to find a stat block to base him on because he's a car and there aren't a lot of those in the Monster Manual. And what we ended up going with was he has stats similar to a Marrow. And the reason we picked Marrow is because they have a harpoon attack. So that gives you this sort of tow cable, tow truck. It's the closest thing there's to a tow truck in the Monster Manual. And obviously, we do have to cut the amphibious, the swim speed, and the ability to breathe underwater. I I, I tried very hard. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of Googling. I could not get definitive answers on can Mater swim. I assume there might have been some ancillary material. There's not Mater, underwater Mater, or Mater in the Navy, or anything like that in any of the Mater Tall Tales. And there was that new Cars show that just came out. Yes. And we're, we're, on a, we're on a pretty tight mm-hmm. schedule, so we didn't yeah. have time to watch through that. I, I did a little, like, Googling the episode summaries, and none of them mentioned okay. swimming or okay. water. Like, Finn McMissile can swim in Cars 2. We never see Mater. That's the big underwater set piece. Mm-hmm. They don't do another one of those. So we, we sorry, that has to remain. It, it, if it turns out in the Disney Adventures comics, they had a story where Mater can swim, just... just Use the marrow as is. Yeah, because um, the marrow is basically a tow truck with fins. Right, so. yeah. And please let us know. Right, please comment, email, if you are aware, if it's in canon, even secondary canon, that Mater can swim. Another thing that we do with him, it's our go-to for Dark yeah, Wars, like yeah, Mater. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That force everyone to like them, no matter how horrible they are. Mm-hmm. That he has charisma powers. He has charm. People put up with his wacky shenanigans, even when by all rights they shouldn't anymore. So as long as you are in Radiator Springs, you are permanently under the friendship spell. Right, yeah. And it's once it just the the horror of being forced to think that this obnoxious Larry the Cable Guy character right, yeah. is your best friend in the center of your universe. This this power is really the core <laughs> of the horror of this. I know we're tipping our hand for the genres of yeah. horror a lot, but it's hard not to talk about the living nightmare that is Tomator without talking about the 
like sort of elements of horror, and it's hard to do that without strongly hinting what we're going for for the genres of horror. Oh, so there are so many of them. I yeah, mean, right. there's the there's the cosmic, there's the psychological. We we did say it was slasher, body horror, yeah. slasher because he just he, he won't keeps leave you alone. Him. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's basically like what's going on with Lightning McQueen in a lot of Cars and Cars too. Also, we want to give he has the lucky feet because, you know, Mater does have good luck. He doesn't have to turn up things. This is sort of a very simple mechanical way of manifesting some of that center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you're the GM. He doesn't have to strictly follow the rules of the lucky feet. That can just be sort of the mechanical hand wave for why he is this kind of center of the universe and everything always works out for him. And then the last power that Mater has is the power that every Dark Lord has, which is the power to close the borders. And in Mater's case, that power manifests as huge piles of scrap that you have to navigate through the borders become mm-hmm. just this junkyard. Right, really like evocative horror setting. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're wandering through them. And if you're very lucky, then when you go through these piles of junk, you just kind of find yourself back mm-hmm. in the domain. If you're not lucky, you hear the faint roar in the distance. And Frank the Combine Harvester is chasing you through the junkyard. Right, right. Because yeah. he is just Frank is just a fantastic monster. Right, yeah. He's he one of the iconic Cars monsters, and you mm-hmm. want to incorporate that. Yeah, yeah. And since he does have that link with Mater, we figure that he's kind of been bound in servitude at the borders, kind of act, acting as his border guardian. Mm-hmm. We're going off text a little bit, but we really wanted to have that Frank encounter. Yeah, yeah. So then we get to our final Dark Lord section, which is the trait, ideal, bond, and flaw. Now, in the Van Richten's Side to Ravenloft, they give those, and they give them as quotes. And, of course, we want to do it as quotes as well. And we can't, unlike Watsy writers, we can't just make up our own quotes that fit. We have to come up with quotes from the text because we're dedicated to our art and our craft. And this was a tricky one. Like Maleficent, Mater is not a very internally expressive character. Mm-hmm. Like You have to really see a lot going on beyond the eyes. A lot of his character stuff is presented much more in his actions and his role in the story than in like direct talking about who he is or his goal. So this was tricky. It was, it was. We did our best. So we'll start with the role-playing trait. And this is one, we ended up having to present these as a fait accompli because it was so tricky that actually we couldn't really yeah. come up with a whole lot beyond these. So the role-playing trait we came up with for Mater was dadgum. Dadgum. I mean, if you, like, you're the GM, you're sitting, you have your screen, you have your players, they're in a nightmare world of living cars, and there's this guy, and he's this living car with a tow truck, and he's saying he's their best friend, and you want to role-play that character, dadgum. That's everything you need right there. Mm-hmm. Now, the ideal is the one that was easiest, right? So this, this, we came up with this one right away. Yeah. Yeah, this, once again, I'm sorry we keep saying Mater's Tall Tales, mm. but this is kind of the catchphrase for Mater's Tall Tales, and it's... Oh, on the surface, it's so simple, but it's so tragic because it's, if I'm lying, I'm crying. Yeah. That's so good. It's so good. It's so, so because good. It, it seems, it works so well as an ideal because it seems on the surface like this profession of honesty. Right. But then you look at the fact that it's conditional, that it's not saying he's not lying. It's saying that if he's lying, he's crying, which he's doing because he knows yes. on the inside that his That's entire life is a it. lie. And his entire life is... A horrific nightmare, and everyone hates him, and he's the worst. But look, we, we got we to cut this short. I, this, this, this is going to run long. There's so much to talk about here. We're already running long on this Dark Lord section. But just, uh, just if you think about it, if you if you contemplate it as role-playing this NPC, there's there's so much there. If I'm lying, I'm crying. I'm crying. Just, uh... Okay, so we got, we got to kind of hurry through the next. Yes, yes. So the bond. This is from Cars 2. I sure wish you'd hurry up and get back, because we got a whole summer worth of best friend fun to make up for. Once again, there's layers. There's so many layers. There is 
the obviously on the surface it's this statement of he his best friend is lightning he wants to spend time with lightning wants to play with lightning on the deeper level however it shows you just the, like the toxicity and the possessiveness and the mm-hmm. horror of this relationship that he says lightning's been working right like lightning yeah, lightning yeah. wasn't on vacation lightning was basically doing his job and now he's coming on vacation but mater's saying like no i'm owed that time mm-hmm. at that time that's a debt you owe to me is that time you were away at work doing your job but you have to make up for that and this assumption that all lightning's main priority the main thing he's going to be doing almost as a, mm-hmm. another job is going to be paying that debt of attention and time and energy to mater there's, there's so much there. there's, there's so much there yeah and then our last quality is our flaw which is ain't no need to watch where i'm going just need to know where i've been and it's just that that short-sightedness on Mater, you know? And again, mm. the, the, the right, driving yeah. backwards. Is just, so, it's, it's such a smart way to go. right there. Because he can't see what's right in front of him. He can't look ahead. He's so living in the moment that he doesn't have the foresight to see that by having this possessive relationship with Lightning McQueen, he's actually strangling the relationship and driving Right, yeah. Away. That everyone hates him and he's the worst. Mm-hmm. So let us... We, we, we have so much to talk about with Radiator Spring as a setting... But we have attempted to do justice to this iconic Disney villain, to this iconic gothic character of the sort of Disney Pixar 2000s canon. And we will now move on and talk about the nightmare world that he has created around his own ego in our section about Radiator Springs, we like to call The Land. Okay, that's enough. Unlike Pixar, we know when enough Mater is enough. And yeah, yeah. we know when... That's enough of that. And we know, we know when... when to, he stops being funny. Yeah, we know when to end a bit. So, happy April Fool's Day. We hope you enjoyed this extremely silly, very difficult to get through deadpan. Yeah, if, if, you, if you noticed that Tom was talking a lot more than me in this episode, it's because you've also probably noticed from previous episodes that Tom is a lot better at keeping a straight face than I am. <laughs> it wasn't that he was talking over me, it was that I kept corpsing. <laughs> and if the, if the edit is weird, it's because we had a lot of weird audio. We had, we, we had to keep cutting our laughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and legitimately, we have had multiple people yeah. say, how are you going to do Radiator so, Spring? There you go, that's how. <laughs> We had a couple things we were thinking about doing for this episode, but we're like, you know, they were joking, but we technically have had requests yeah, for, for Radiant Springs. Springs so. so here you go, everybody. <laughs> Our real episode is going to come out on the 13th, like always, and it is going to be the opposite of uh, ours. Yeah. <laughs> and blah, 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 social stuff. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, leave a comment, email us, all that good stuff. <laughs> Under Dark Lords, you know, you know the drill. You know the, if you listen to our yeah. April Fool's episode, you know the drill. Yeah. If not, listen to a, a real episode. Yeah. <laughs> listen to the ending. Give us money, buy our stuff. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's the series, but not a joke. <laughs> Tom is multiple characters from Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> Chief among them, Boom and Con Baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Happy gaming. Happy April Fool's Day. And Mater is the worst. Parting thoughts. 
I cannot overstate the horror I felt during my stay at Radiator Springs, nor my relief at leaving it behind. The prospect of dancing attendance on Tow Mater for the rest of one's life should give pause to even the bravest heart, and it is impossible to imagine the strain of pretending to find his antics amusing. As I held my balloon mist talisman in my hand, I felt the wind trying to whip it away. It seems that it may turn out to be. Feels that it will undoubtedly. Looks like a rather blustery day today. Regards, D. What is this nonsense? Was my servant abducted by a hag who has gave her nightmares of monstrous constructs with mind-altering capabilities? Or have you been at the Somnos Wine when I clearly instructed you not to partake in such debauchery? Whatever it is, this is certainly not something I asked for, nor wanted. Hear me both, buddy. This has been The Wonderful World of Dark Lords. We have no affiliation with Disney or Wizards of the Coast. All music recordings used in this episode are on the public domain and were obtained through MuseOpen.org. Titles and links are in the show notes. Dialogue for Yensid was written by Azalyn Rex himself, who you can follow on Tumblr at DarkLordAzalyn. The Wonderful World of Dark Lords logo was designed by Haylight Jones. You can find links to their work in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, look for us on Patreon.com or find our tip jar on Red Circle. Thanks for listening! So Eric von Karkov, as everyone knows, right, was the original Darkon of Valachan before Chikuna. And the original Darkon of Valachan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Honey, Ur- we're, we're trying to do a podcast here. <laughs> Get it together. This is serious business. <laughs>